When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to build a thriving business while making a much bigger impact in the world? By becoming known as an influential voice in your industry? The choice versus just a choice with your ideal client? That's exactly what you're going to learn as I interview business experts, industry thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are in the trenches making their mark so you can too. This is the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Now, joining me on today's show is Philip Smith. Phil, he is a serial entrepreneur, he's an investor, and he's also an author who partnered with Kevin Harrington, one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. Now, he also made the Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing private companies for X, and he did it as a one employee company working from home. How did he do that? Well, he started his first business back in 1998. He sold four companies so far. His new business is allinonemarketing.com and it was created to help companies not only to save money, but also to scale and to automate their digital marketing strategies, which is something I know many entrepreneurs uh, struggle with. Now, specifically on today's show, Phil is going to share what's lead generation how to get lead generation started in your business. He's going to talk about how to monetize leads multiple ways to increase profit. And if you are a one-man band or one-woman band, growing a seven-figure business as a solopreneur. Those are just some of the things we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Phil. Uh, thank you for having me. It's wonderful to hear you sh- uh, or to have you uh, come on the show today. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you've been a one-man band. You've sold multiple companies and you've been able to really develop a level of expertise in what we call lead generation and so forth. So I'm glad to be able to tap into your expertise. How are you finding businesses today when it comes to lead generation? Are they understanding more about what it is and how best to do it? Or is there a bit of a way to go uh, in the learning curve? It's actually getting more complicated because (laughs) companies like Facebook, they move so fast, they make so many changes. Uh, so, you know, it's hard for the average uh, business owner to keep up because they're probably not an expert to begin with. Then you have all the different platforms that out, that are out there, like all of a sudden TikTok is taken over, you know, from an advertising perspective uh, and the average person, again, you know, the average business owner having a tough time trying to figure it out. So uh, it's definitely harder. If you ask me, it used to be really easy back in the nineties, even the early two thousands, because there was only a few platforms to use, but yes. now as it uh, develops, um, everything just develops so quickly today. Yeah. And I think one of the things that uh, I've had a lot of feedback about lead generation and all of the different tools, it's that people try to jump on what we're being told that we need to be on on, on top of and, and get on this platform and in this platform, that we're spreading ourselves thin. We're not really doing anything well um, trying to do all of those things. So let's just take it right back to the beginning and talk about, you know, your definition of what is lead generation. And then I'm sure you're going to help us. How do we get started? 
said, in a simple but, uh, you know, strategic way. What is lead generation, Phil? Yeah, you know, lead generation is a simple concept of driving traffic to your website to promote your product or service and, uh, you know, to really go through the entire process, you know, at the end of the day, you'd want to drive traffic. What Mm -hmm. a lot of companies do is they're not collecting the data. So they drive traffic to their website and try to get people to be interested in whatever they're selling and go actually purchase it. What they really should be doing is collecting the data because that's the most important piece. Now, once you have that data, you can market to them forever. If you look at the large companies, the Amazons, the Googles, they collect that data, they monetize it, multiple service offerings. Obviously, uh, Amazon has the whole product side, but you know, if you look at Amazon specifically, they have the storage side, they have the, the book side, the TV side, the, the movie side, they have so many different ways to monetize you or monetize all of us. So. Mm-hmm. That's then once you get that data, then the idea is to now monetize it. But going back to the uh, just generating leads, the issue is is that there's so many ways to do it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, let's just say you don't have an advertising budget and you're not going to go spend a bunch of money on marketing and you say, okay, where do I put my time into building organically? Do I go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok? to try to build four or five different platforms organically and get a bunch of followers, it's really hard because you're spreading yourself so thin. So where do you go for your business? A lot of companies have problems with that. Right. Let me go back to something that you shared. And I wanted, if you can, give a few insights on that. You talked about how companies like Amazon and a lot of the bigger organizations, they collect data. And it's the data that is going to help us as entrepreneurs make decisions, the right decisions based on that data. So when you say data, Philip, what sort of data should we be collecting when it comes to prospective customers that come to our website? So I'll give you a simple process of what we do right now and any company can mimic it. So for example, we promote allinonemarketing.com and we have a very specific service where we actually guarantee a company will get interviewed on a major TV network, NBC, ABC, CBS, et cetera. So we run that ad, that person clicks on the ad, they come to our website. Once they get to our website, we instantly ask for a name, email, phone number, minimally. So once we get that information, now we can text them, we can email them, we can do whatever we want at that point in time. But as they fill out our form, we actually ask them additional questions. And as we ask them additional questions, we can figure out, can we provide another service to them? So for example, we will ask, are you interested in a business loan or a line of credit? Just as an example, if they say yes, then we'll ask them additional questions and then we'll take that lead and we'll obviously try to get them what they're interested in. Or maybe we'll ask them, are you interested in additional marketing services? If they say yes, then obviously we'll go down that path. So it's all about being dynamic when you collect the data and then you can do whatever you want with it at that point in time. But you have to collect at least an email address minimally. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you say, um, or do you see, I should say, with when it comes to entrepreneurs in the collection of the data, and I know that you mentioned Amazon has huge technologies and the ability to be able to do this, but if you think about collecting data, you want to make sure as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, that you've got the right technology to be able to collect that. And so do you have any advice, uh, Philip, for organisations or, or even one you know, person bands when they're looking at technology 
technology that's not going to cost them an arm and a leg because some do, but the right technology to be able to start compiling this information so that we can start to move into, you know, monetizing depending on specifically where that, that prospective client is really looking for. Any suggestions on tech? Sure. You know, it's funny because we use a bunch of different uh, companies, even some overlap or even duplicate ourselves with different uh, softwares. At the end of the day, you need an email marketing company, right? So take an Aweber, a Constant Contact, a MailChimp, et cetera. Uh, then you need an SMS company. We use a company called Simple Texting for ourselves for certain things. We do have our own platform in all-in-one marketing, but yes. we also have a lot of other needs outside of just what we do. So we even use other companies like a HubSpot, for example, that's a very robust system. So... Mm-hmm. You know, 100%, you know, there, there's so many different companies out there. You have Zoho, you have Salesforce, all the larger companies use something like Salesforce. It's obviously enterprise level. So, uh, but email and SMS marketing, the two simplest things, the problem that most companies, business owners are going to have is moving the data around. So if you do collect it on your website, how do you get it from your website to a platform, like an email marketing platform or SMS? That's where companies start to lose uh, or start to have issues. So that's the reason why we actually built allinwomarketing.com originally was because it is an all-in-one marketing solution. It has like 15 tools in one. So that's the original reason why we built it. But at the end of the day, it depends on what a company's needs are, if that's, if even if our software works for them. So. Mm Yeah, brilliant. Um, and I can definitely imagine that that is, is definitely a bottleneck. Another bottleneck, and I'd love if you've got some information to share on this too, is, okay, we've got this incredible data. How do we go through that? What are the golden nuggets that we can take from that data? To you know, it, uh, How many people do have collected names and email addresses and so forth? And that's as far as it goes. You've got this incredible database that you're not really doing anything with. Any insights on that? And I'm sure your system supports them in doing that too. What are some of the things that we now do once we've collected that data? So the most important thing that you want to do is when you are you know, asking your questions on your form. So again, I'll just give us as an example, when we do collect the information on our, the first form that somebody sees, we ask about three different questions. Again, name, email, phone number, do they want a business loan or a line of credit? Are they interested in marketing services? So those like the first two that they're going to see. If they say yes, we're going to put them into a specific list. So it's going to be our lending list for email marketing SMS. So we're going to hit them with that specific offer. The reason why that's important is because if they unsubscribe from that list, they're just unsubscribing from that list, not maybe potentially the marketing list or a different list. Right. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to have different lists for each individual offer that you're promoting. And then from there, you, you can build out however you want. So you can do a blast, an email blast to all of your leads. Let's just say in a couple of weeks from now, you, know, you collected thousands of leads or hundreds or whatever. And you say, I, I have a new offer that I want to promote them. Maybe it's your own offer or maybe it's a partner or you're an affiliate of a different company, whatever the case may be. You will always want to have that ability to hit everybody at any point in time or segment them out. You can automate all this stuff, right? And again, this is where a lot of business owners kind of fall off because they're like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. But it's very simple. Once you understand how to do it and you can automate it and all this data just gets pushed around. So it gets collected and it just moves around and then you can do whatever you want with it. 
Yeah, fantastic. Um, I don't know whether you're able, and, and some of these answers is going to be, you know, how long's a piece of string? It depends on, you know, the organisation, the, the offering, your ideal client, prospective customer, or how they, far they are along the customer journey as far as ready to, to make a, an investment, a purchase decision. But typically when when you're nurturing and, and you're, you know, remaining in contact and providing value in an area that you know that this prospective customer has indicated that there is a need that they want to know more about this. Typically, how long is it, you know, the nurturing process from lead to then paying customer? Is there kind of a an industry, well, it generally can take three months or six months. Do you have any insights on that length of time we should be nurturing? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have people, I actually have masterminds. I just had one this past weekend in Florida and there was somebody that showed up. His name is Adam. And he's been following me since 2008. Wow. So talk about a long sales cycle, right? So it depends on what your service is, depends on what your product is. You know, it, that's always going to depend on your sales cycle. You know, for anything I've ever done, we're, we live in the two to maybe six week sales cycle for our services that we sell. That's typically where we are, but every company is obviously going to be different um, in, in what that is. But one thing I will say, never stop nurturing, never stop promoting. Um, people say, well, I don't want to annoy my leads or whatever. You know what it is? It's, and again, it depends on what you're doing. Of course, a lot of the stuff that we do, we hit our leads pretty hard instantly because there's so many distractions online and people are looking all over the place. There's so much on their phone and emails and texts and this and that and whatever. You have to get their attention. There's, yes. it, especially in, let's just say you're running Facebook ads, just as an example, if you're running Facebook ads, once they click on your ad, let's just say your ad is the first ad they ever see in your industry, they're going to get hit with 10 more in the next 24 hours. That's mm. just the way Facebook works. So you have to hit them pretty hard. When someone goes into our list, one of, one of our lists, they'll get four emails in like the first hour. Yeah. And people will say, that's too many. I'm like, no, it's not because now I have their attention. Sure. I'll piss some people off, whatever, but the people that are serious, they're going to now see us. So I'll, I'll give you a quick example. You take a subway car, right? Let's just say there's 10 subway cars. Do you want to have one advertisement in each subway car or do you want all your advertisements in one subway car? And there's only you, you're the only company in there. I would rather just, you know, just have, I'm the only one in there. And just yes. inundate them with my message, right? Because now everyone's guaranteed to pretty much see you instead of just being one of another 20 companies. Yeah. So you know, just hit them hard right away. Yeah, um, I love that. And and it's one of those things too, isn't it? If someone is looking, imagine if you walked into a store and you asked, the the, the, the store um, representative came up, can I help you? Yes, I'm interested in such and such. They go, well, go over there. And then they disappear. It's like, well, you've just missed an opportunity. That person, if they if you provide them with information, ask them questions, take them over to somewhere, show them, um, you're more than likely, if that's the right fit, you know, right, right fit and right time, um, um, have a sale there or, or in the nurturing sequence, continue to really build that relationship. How important do you think when it comes to generating leads, obviously, and then nurturing those leads, 
emails, yes. But then what you do also in the front, and what I mean by the front is showing up so that they see videos, podcasts, other content that continues to really showcase value, your insights, your thought leadership. How as important uh, is that in part of the lead generation and nurturing process? Yeah, so we are very, very strict. You have to watch a video in order to speak to us. So, I, you know, back in the day when I first started, I wanted to talk to everybody that was interested. And you spend so much time on the phone with window shoppers and not really serious. And you had to explain everything from scratch. I literally sold my first service back in 1998, 19, you know, 98, 99, going into that, going into 2000. And I learned this back then. And I started building up funnels before anybody ever came up with the word funnel, right? It didn't exist. I just created videos that people had to watch before they talked to me, right? So it was very interesting that how long I've been doing it. It's crazy. Uh, but going to today, I see so many companies, successful or not, doesn't even matter. I just see so many companies that do it the hard way. I have a friend that actually lives local to me. He runs a business where he sells a service. And he's similar to one of my companies, actually. And what happens is he doesn't force anybody to watch a video. And I tell him, I'm, he has triple the sales guys I have, and I do more revenue than him because we're very strict in forcing people to watch a video before they can talk to us. Yes. And then now that sales process goes like that. It's more of an order taker versus salesperson because a video is going to outperform a human any day of the week, mm. right? Cause that video works 24 seven. It doesn't take breaks. It doesn't get sick, right? It doesn't take time off for holidays. So, right? so that video is pumping all day long. And then of mm. course, all the other content that you're putting out there. So I highly recommend if you're providing a specific type of service where it's a sales process, force them. To, and I, people think, oh, I'm going to lose them. Trust me, you're not going to lose yeah. them. Make them watch oh. the video. Yeah, it makes sense when you're sharing that, Philip, because what you're doing is you're educating them. And a lot of times people don't know what they don't know. And it gives you an opportunity to share some of that expertise to the point that by the time someone does speak with you, they're already aware of the gaps, you know, obviously depending on what you're incorporating in your video. And, and perhaps you might like to share about what are some of the things you incorporate into that. But what are the gaps that they're having? What, you know, why you, why your product, how it's worked, uh, maybe share some, you know, case studies and so forth as well, to the point that if someone really still wants to speak with you, they are already aware of uh, a lot more than what if they don't know anything about you and you have to start from scratch kind of thing. A lot of people are more informed, aren't they? And so um, you don't have to do a lot of that education process. How long is the video? Can I ask, can you share a little bit more about kind of that video that you encourage or, or force people to watch? Yeah, I'll give you some interesting stats that actually shocked me over the years now because we would run videos as little as even if we ever run in a video for something that's nine minutes long. I've run videos around 20 minutes, 40 minutes and about an hour. It's going to shock you that even a nine minute video, I just looked at the stat today, yeah. that a nine minute video gets about 20 percent of the people to the end of the video where they see the price. The yeah. hour long video is about 15 percent. So what I learned is that it doesn't matter how long the video is, if people are serious, yes. they'll watch it. Mm -hmm. I even have an hour and 15 minute video that people watch. It gets about 17% to the end. So that's what we learned. So I always felt I had to get to the point, you know, only spend 20 minutes so I don't lose them. Then you're not giving them enough information. 
I actually make more money. I should say this. I get a higher conversion ratio with a longer video than I do a shorter video because they're really engaged. They know that I know they're going to, the people are going to watch, are going to watch it. And I can put all the goodies in front of them that I need to put in front of them. And I have learned the number one thing, which I'm sure we all know that people like to see is testimonials. They have to see the testimonials to buy lots and lots of things, whatever it is. And we all go, we all reviews and whatever. We all do it. But that's the number one thing. And of course, they have to like you, you yes. know, and not everyone's going to like you. It is what it is. You can just be yourself. Right. Well, we just that's the only thing you do. You can't change yourself. Then someone else is not going to like you. Right. So just be yourself. Be transparent. I have learned that the consumers today want to and we're all the same right we're all consumers at the end of the day we want to see behind the curtains we don't want to deal with the wizard of oz anymore bring me into your business bring me into your life and who you are you know for whatever you're promoting put it on you know what whatever you're willing to do online in terms of your business and open up the doors so they can see because that's what people really want and yes. they really want to they're going to work with, they want to work with people that they like or buy. Yeah, so true. So true. Um, and of course, everything that you've shared today really continues to add more insight into uh, the things that we said you're going to share, you know, how to monetize leads multiple ways to increase profit. Uh, one of the things, let's dive a little bit deeper into that. One of the things you said earlier on was that you ask questions and so you're gathering data by your from your prospective customer. I mean, how often do businesses, businesses provide a service or a product for a specific customer, but they never really remain in contact with that customer to find out, well, what's the next need that you have now? How much money do you think is left on the table, Philip, because people have, businesses haven't followed up, found out if what the other needs are, and if that is a need that your uh, expertise, your service or product can provide because you've got that ability to provide that, you're leaving money on the table. Is that something that you see often happens with businesses? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a few stories with this. So I used to be part of War Room Mastermind before they changed their name and those guys split up. And that was the first time I ever spoke at an event speaking about monetizing data. And, you know, War Room is a higher level mastermind. You have to make a lot of money to be part of it. And I was lucky enough to speak in front of 250 people that make millions of dollars. Yes. And I was, I was very nervous. And I was like, what am I going to talk about? So I talked about monetizing data. And I just thought that everyone understands this. Everyone knows, right? So I go through my speech about 20 minutes and I'm getting off the stage and I see this one fella, Michael Perella, used to own I Love Kickboxing franchise, comes over to me. It's like, Phil, I generate about 90,000 leads a month. I never thought about doing anything else with them. I'm like, really? Wow. Literally, I spoke the morning of day one and over those two days, I had about 20 people come up to me saying, that was amazing we need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk. We need to talk. I wasn't trying to sell anything. I don't have any services to help people. I just want to give, I'll just give them some advice. So it's not like I was looking for business or anything like that, but it, it just shocked me that nobody knew even at that level. So mm -hmm. then when you fast forward to everything that I do, since I started, basically everybody I talked to that does lead gen or even has a company, whatever, I would give them that advice. And there's two stories I'll give you. One person I met in San Diego at Traffic and Conversion Summit, and he, I told him that I said, hey, you're generating your leads. He explained his business. I said, you know, you should start doing, take these leads and start doing all this other stuff with them. I went through the whole process, right? So yeah. he basically 
a year later, I see him again at Traffic Conversion Summit. And he goes, I see him, he goes, dude, he goes, you don't understand. I put about $100,000 extra a month into my business because I did what you said. And I'm like, this is a year later, right? So I'm like, what did I say? Because I started monetizing my leads in, in other ways. And they explained what he did. I'm like, dude, that's great. He goes, I'm buying you dinner. I'm like, you got to buy me more than that. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, but it was such a great conversation. Literally a couple of months ago um, in March, I was in San Diego. I'm actually part of uh, Damon John, you know, Damon John from uh, Shark Tank. So I'm part of his new mastermind called Rise Nation. So we're there. And one of the guys that's part of part of it, we're at the bar and he's like, Phil, I've known this guy for years. And I, I only see him pretty much at these events. So he goes, his name's Brad. He's from Austin, Texas. And he goes, hey, man, I just want to let you know, I'm making an absolute killing, like about seven figures right now because I implement what you told me. And again, I'm like, what did I tell you? And he goes, when you talk to that war of a mastermind, you talk about monetizing leads that stuck with me this entire time. This is going back to like 2019 or 18, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a long time. And he goes, I finally started implementing this last year and it changed the game. He goes, I do not even pay for my leads anymore. All my leads are free for my business. I like, that's amazing. You know, so it really is very important for companies to look at this strategy and see how they can implement it into their business. Yeah. A lot of businesses, they know what they know, they're doing what they're doing, and they don't really recognize uh, the other aspects, the money that they're leaving on the table as, you know, just a couple of examples that, that you've mm-hmm. shared. What do you say to people who are listening and watching, maybe even the recording, uh, Philip, who now recognize, oh, we're not really doing what Philip has advised us to do, even from lead generation, we're trying to do all of the things, nothing really is generating us the results that we want. Where is a great place to start? I mean, obviously, we're going to share in a moment or get you to share how they can reach out to you and find out more about how you can support them. But where is a good place to start? Because I think a lot of businesses were overwhelmed. You said right at the beginning, it's probably more difficult now to generate leads than it was years ago back in the 90s because there's so many options. What do we do? Is there a a, um, kind of like a step-by-step process that, look, you really want to focus on this first and then you can start, you've built the momentum and then you can really start to, to you know, leverage what you're doing and, and build that up. But where's that first place to start, do you think? The first place to start is affiliate networks, mm-hmm. right? So an affiliate network is uh, basically a company that has advertisers and publishers, or you can think, it, think of it as lead buyers and lead sellers. So yes. they're a middleman that will have companies that say, hey, I will, I'll buy leads from anybody that you have that will send me traffic. When I, say, I don't really mean buy leads. They'll pay for the, for the traffic you send them if someone buys something from it. So I'll give you an example. You take uh, you know, even GoDaddy. GoDaddy has an affiliate program. You send traffic to GoDaddy, they buy something, GoDaddy pays you, right? Very simple process. That's where I would start. So that's what I do. I just built out recently a funnel. We spend $8 a lead and I'm getting that $8 a lead cost down to zero. I'm working on that. And the first place I started was Commission Junction, cj.com. It's one of the largest out there. This, if you, you just go to Google, type in affiliate networks, and you'll see a whole bunch of them. Or even type in top affiliate networks of 2023, and you'll just see lists. And just start doing research there because all the companies that will take your leads in or take your traffic in, they all exist. So what I do is I start there. I test some campaigns out. So I'll give you an example. Like I said before, we do ask comp- our leads. We ask them if they're interested in marketing services. TikTok. TikTok will pay me 
or anybody, $46 if I send them a business that creates a business advertising account on TikTok. So they'll pay me $46 if I send them that person. There's yes. marketing companies. There's a whole, there's thousands and thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of companies that have affiliate programs, large and small. Yes. So you start there. And then if someone, something really works well for you, you always want to go direct. Eventually you want to get rid of the middleman. You want to have that personal relationship with the company because you're going to do much better. They're going to pay you more money and they're going to, you know, just, always work with you to make sure they can keep your leads going. So that's where you start for anybody. Just go there, create an account on CJ or any of these affiliate networks, scroll through, do your research, look around and say, wow, this actually works perfectly for my leads. Yeah. And something within that too. I mean, I know a lot of listeners to this podcast, uh, Philip, are service-based businesses. They're, you know, they have an expertise that they can uh, provide to their clients. But in what you have just shared, those particular prospective clients for that particular service, that expertise, they may also have other needs that some of these other companies are providing as, as well. And so I know it's just like a referral. If you refer someone to someone else, a, a product or a service-based company, and they are provided a top quality service and they love what you've what you've referred, that is a, a tick in your or a feather in your cap. You've just validated that what you have shared. And so that builds that trust too, doesn't it? So even though down the track, you may then start to share your own, more about your own product or service uh, and that prospective customer then has a need for that, that's certainly going to help develop that relationship as, as well. Because um, yeah. you you also, I would imagine, through the expertise that you have, have products and services that you can support clients with too if they have that need. But you're also monetizing in the other area of uh, uh, the affiliate relationships that you're building. And there's so many out there, isn't there? There are so many out there. Yeah. You're never going to run out of companies that will, are willing to take your traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Terrific. Look, we have just scratched the surface, but I can see from all of the things that you've shared, you know, going back to when you started, you were a one-man band, you grew it to a seven-figure business, you've got to given us the steps that, that you took. Um, and it really is building that momentum. I think one of the things that many entrepreneurs do because we love, we come up with lots of great ideas and this new shiny object here and and this there, we're so distracted, we're so, you know, stretched thin, as we've said, that nothing really works well. But find something, get that working, continue to build that. And then the momentum that you build from that and the leads that you're generating, there's lots of other ways that you can uh, monetize that. If someone's interested, Philip, they want to know more, they want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my website is Philip F is in Frank Smith. So philipfsmith.com. Uh, that's my main website. I go there. You can learn more about me. I just revamped it recently. So uh, we're still working on it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, whatever I can help somebody point them in the right direction, not a problem. Uh, but there's there's a lot of companies out there that are leaving a lot of money on the table. I can guarantee it. Mm, absolutely absolutely well thanks once again for coming on the show and uh and having the conversation as we said i've just we've just scratched the surface there's a lot more to learn and of course if this is something that you're recognizing that you need support in in your business uh then certainly please reach out to, to philip so once again thanks for coming on the show no thank you for having me. i really appreciate it 
Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why? I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've positioned yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.